coming up on The Potter's Touch. That you can't just rejoice over how you want your story to end. The real test of faith is to rejoice in trouble. God is jealous. And he said, I will have no other God before me. And I will take you through some stuff to see if you are praising me because of him or because of me. Because of her or because of me. Are you praising me for the house or are you praising me for me? Hey everybody, thank you for joining me today. I have a message for you that will challenge your thinking. It's called One Liberating Idea out of Romans 5, 1 through 10. It's powerful, it's life-changing, and I want you to check it out. When you start talking about the importance of, of Paul, whose name was also Saul, Saul, his name Saul represented the fact that he was a Hebrew, that he was of Hebraistic uh, descent, that he was uh, of the, uh, of the Fri Pharisees, that he was uh, a significant historically to the development of Judaism, that he was zealous concerning the law, that he was of the tribe of Benjamin, he was a part of royalty, his name was Saul, but when we call him Paul, his name Paul represents the fact that he is a citizen of Rome. So while he is Jewish in his descent, he is a citizen of Rome, and Paul is coming home different from how he left. At one time, he left there committed to killing Christians, and now he comes back as a Christian to project an idea that all of his friends would have scoffed at. As long as he was hating Christians, he was expect, respected as a theologian and a scholar and a thinker, but now he has become infected or affected by this Christianity through something that happened to him on the Damascus Road that had so revolutionized his life that it compromised the respect of other scholars of his era that Paul would buy into such foolishness and thought it was considered ridiculous. And whenever he started preaching it amongst the intellectuals, they laughed at him, but he preached it anyway. Some places they stoned him, but he preached it anyway. Other places they beat him, but he preached it anyway. And he preached it on his way back to Rome. And Paul went through the greatest test on his way to Rome because until faith comes home, it doesn't matter where it travels. I'm going to say that again. Until faith comes home, it doesn't matter where it travels. The enemy doesn't mind you being a Christian at the potter's house. You get your praise on at the potter's house, get your dance in at the potter's house. He doesn't want the faith that you have here to go back home, to be a part of your life, to be a part of your character, to be a part of your business, your affairs, your thinking, and how you interact with people. He doesn't mind you playing church for an hour or two, once a week, dancing and shouting and hooping and hollering, as long as you go home fussing and cussing and fighting and stressed out and nervous and full of anxiety. It's when you try to bring your faith home that all hell breaks loose. Yeah. 
on his way home, he has to fight off storms and hurricanes, enemies, seen and unseen, snakes, serpents, destitution and death. The closer he got to Rome, the greater the test became. The test often becomes greatest when you are closest. The test has become great and it's become overwhelming because, because Paul has come to Rome to deliver a revolutionary idea that would be life-changing, that would be mesmerizing, that would be absolutely awesome, that would change the face of the faith of an entire city, a world, a generation and generations to come. Paul comes to Rome to talk to them about faith. And you get to listen at his writings to Rome in this text today when he begins to argue that Christ is more than some guy who got crucified. That he came to deliver something that would set us free before God. And he says that the way to access God is by faith. It's not by baptism. It's not by abstaining from eating meats. It's not by observing certain days. It's not by doing nice things for poor people. He said all of that is good, but what really accesses this grace is faith. The enemy doesn't mind you dancing and leaping and hooping and hollering and running as long as you don't believe. I don't have to worry, is God mad at me? I don't have to worry, is God trying to kill me? I don't have to worry, is God trying to destroy me? I don't have to worry, is God my enemy? No, I have peace with God because, not because I'm holy, I have peace because I believe by faith. Therefore, being justified by faith, not by dance, not by shout, not by running, not by hollering, not by beating a tambourine, by Woman, if you believe me, as the scriptures have said, then out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Paul is preaching the power of faith. Before we were called Baptists and Presbyterian and Pentecostal and Church of God and Church of God in Christ, before we were called Christians, we were called believers. Because if two of them got in a city, they would turn the city upside down. Here he teaches that faith gives me access. Faith gives me access to the grace I'm standing in right now. Faith gives me access. Faith is the door that gives me access to the grace that I'm standing in right now. How are you going to get there? By faith. Yeah. How are you going to get healed? By faith. How are you going to survive? By faith. How are you going to prosper? By faith. How are you going to preach? How you gonna live? How you gonna deal with your issues? By faith. By faith. And Paul teaches us some important principles that we need to understand. And so the enemy is trying to stop the important man from coming to 
an important place. And what we are seeing is the detonation of the right person in the right place at the right time changes everything. The right person in the right place at the right time changes everything. The right person in the right place at the right time changes everything. I'm gonna say it again. The right person in the right place at the right time changes everything. That's why the, the enemy wants you to be late. Because if he can't stop you from being the right person, and he can't stop you from going to the right place, he doesn't want you to be there at the right time. He has done everything he could to delay Paul from being the right person at the right place at the right time. All you gotta do, baby, is show up. When you are the right person and you are in the right place, all you gotta do is say, I'm here. Touch your neighbor and say, show up for the fight. You might be scared, but show up for the fight. You may be broke, but show up for the fight. They may be talking about you, but show up for the fight. They may not like you, but show up for the fight. They may have threatened you, but show up for the fight. They may try and intimidate you, but show up for the fight. I'm here. God can't bless you if you're not there. Show up. Can I go deeper in this word? I want you to get this. I want you to get this. God gave me this for you. He said, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. He said, we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Now, this is easy. We rejoice in hope of the glory of God. We rejoice. When I say, I've got a feeling everything's going to be all right, we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. When I start saying, you're more than a conqueror through him that loves me, we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. When I say, your latter days shall be greater than your former days, we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. When I say, the Lord is your shepherd, you shall not want, we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. When I say, weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. We rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. We do good rejoicing in the hope of the glory of God. We have survived because we rejoice in hope. When all hell is around us, we rejoice in hope. That's why we are hard to kill. You can put us in the desert and we can survive in the desert. You can put us in the jungle and we can survive in the jungle because we rejoice not in where I'm at, but in the hope of where I'm going. But here Paul argues, he says that we must do more than rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. He says that we must also learn, and this is hard, to rejoice in tribulation. Shadabai. That you can't just rejoice over how you want your story to end. The real test of faith is to rejoice in trouble. All of you folk who were dancing this morning because you got a new car, God don't care. All of you folks who were dancing this morning because you got a new job, 
God don't care. All these people who were shouting this morning because you just got engaged, God don't care. You know who God really wants to hear praise? The person who's in trouble and all hell is breaking loose and the devil is coming in for a kill. I dare somebody to rejoice in tribulation. Do you want a tiny piece of cheese? Yes, yes! Cheese is my life! <laughs> my name is Bella, and this is Lucas. Maybe our home's supposed to be with me. Over the years, <laughs> we did everything together. I had a great family and a place to call home. <laughs> squirrel, squirrel, squirrel! Bella! I was lost and very far away but I had to get back to Lucas. So wake me up when it's all over. When Whenever life gets hard, it's our loved ones that help us get through it. And I was never going to stop searching for mine. So wake me up when it's all over. That dog saved his life. Dog's Way Home. Go to a dogswayhomestories.com to share your story and learn more about Bella's journey. See you at the theater. When when God gets through with you, you're gonna love people. I know you hateful right now and moody right now. You don't want to be bothered. And I know you blame everybody, but it's really you that got that nasty attitude that drives people away. And I know you say you saved up, but when the Holy Ghost gets through taking you through tribulation and through experience and teaching you patience, all of a sudden you'll have love for people you never had love for before because everybody you talking about, you gonna go through something like what you criticize. Everybody you talking about, you gonna go through something similar to what you criticize so that you'll have enough experience to shut your mouth. I don't say nothing about nobody, about nothing. Cause the moment you say what you wouldn't take and what you wouldn't have and how you would do it, I wish I was my child and then God give you one. And you stand there saying, Lord Jesus, here I come, Lord. I don't know what to do with this, Jesus. It ain't going like I raised it. Not, it, it, it Lord, it, it, Lord, have mercy, Jesus. Just remember all that stuff you said about other people's kids. Remember what you said about other people's marriages. Remember, oh, y'all, y'all, y'all ain't gonna talk to me. Now the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. I got to hear I'm running out of time. Shout hallelujah, somebody. For when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. When we were yet when we were yet without strength when we were yet without strength have you ever tried to open up a bottle and you couldn't open it up 
You knew what you wanted, but you didn't have enough strength. It, it, we were, it's not that we're without vision, but we were without strength. I knew what right was, but I couldn't do it because I was without strength. I knew I should have been a better husband, but I couldn't be it because I was without strength. I know what a good wife looks like, but I couldn't, couldn't do it because I was without strength. I knew I was staying too late for lunch. I knew that it wasn't gonna be cool for me to take a two hour lunch break. I, I, I knew that I should have a certain class about me and a finesse when I went to work. I knew I shouldn't have slapped the woman on the elevator at J.C. Penney's, but I was yet without. I knew my temper got out of control, but I was without strength. The Bible says when we were yet without strength, when, when, we, when we had a couldn't help it, Now, I know you don't want nobody to know that you got a couldn't help it, but everybody in here got a couldn't help it. You don't testify about it. You don't talk about it. You don't want people to know about it unless they got the same couldn't help it, so y'all can't help it together. <laughs> Other than that, we don't talk to people about what we can't help. But while we had a couldn't help it, couldn't fix it, couldn't stop it, couldn't break it. Christ died for us. Christ died for weak, broken, confused, afflicted, hurting, limited people. He did not die for people who had it all together. He died for brother can't help it. For sister can't get it together. For elder hothead. For missionary talk too much. When we were yet without strength, Christ died for us. Let me tell you why the church is weak today. The church is weak today because the church is carnal today. used to be, I thought carnal churches were churches that didn't praise the Lord, but that's, that's not it. That's not it. That's not it. No, 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 no. That's not it. It is what you are praising him for. We are so carnal today that our relationship with God fluctuates based on our circumstance. When we need something done, we get real spiritual. Soon as we get out of trouble, we go back to what we were doing before. Carnal, carnal, 
carnal relationships with God based on circumstances and people who's in your life and who walked out of your life. And now you coming to church because she going to church. What happened when she leave you? Cheat on you. God say, how you like me now? I want, I want, I want, I want, I want to see where you're serving me or where you're serving her. Can I come on up with this? I want to explain to you why you lose some stuff. You lose some stuff because you worship some stuff. <laughs> you lose it because God is jealous. And he said, I will have no other God before me. And I will take you through some stuff to see if you are praising me because of him or because of me. Because of her or because of me. Are you praising me for the house or are you praising me for me? I'm going to put you of the house and say, how you like me now? We, we don't have no power. Is it all we want from God is stuff. Do you remember, you about my age, <laughs> you remember when we used to have prayer lines and we'd call people up and it would be a big line of people we'd be praying for? And people be in the prayer line and you say, what do you want from the Lord? And you get stuff like, I just want to see my son saved. Oh, I'm, I'm standing in proxy for my daughter. I'm believing God to break that, 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 she's a drug addict, but I'm believing God to break that stronghold of addiction off of her life. That she'll end up saved and sanctified, praising God's name and lifting him up. What do you want prayer for? I want a double anointing. That's what they used to want, a double anointing. I want a double portion of your spirit. I'm believing God for the gift of prophecy. I want the gift of healing. I want the gift of revelation. Now, when you call a prayer line, I'm believing God for a car. I'm believing God for my house payment. Now, you don't see anybody praying for souls to be saved. Let the kids go to hell. Give me the house. That's why we don't have no power. That's why we don't have no power. We're not praying for our children. We're not praying for our marriages. We're so busy telling each other off that we stop praying for our marriages. We don't have power. Until we go back to our roots. Until we go back to anointing our house with oil. Till we go back to pleading the blood. Till we go back to laying hands on our children. Till we go back to joining hands around the dinner table and say, sickness, you can't come in this family. The blood of Jesus is against you. I command you to lose your hope. Until we come out of the closet 
and say I'm a blood washed, born again, Holy Ghost filled, child of the King. When was the last time you saw the Holy Ghost take over a service? Come on. Till nobody got to sing, nobody got to preach, the power of God took over the room. When was the last time you praised God till you messed up your makeup, messed up your hair? When was the last time you praised God till something broke in your soul? When was the last time you praised God till you was in the car and you were still talking about, oh, no, 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 no. Bring back the glory. I want it back. I want it in my house. I want it in my life. I want it in my body. I'm tired of being a Sunday morning Christian. I want the power of the Holy Ghost to break out in my house. Oh, it's been such a blessing to share the word of the Lord with you today. Just like a wire conducts electricity to the lights in your house, faith is the conduit through which God's power is made manifest in your life. Don't live pieces of your life in the dark. Let God's word permeate through your life so that you can access his power at all times and in every situation. Speaking of being used by God, let me take a moment and thank the members of our global partner system. GPS members commit to sowing into this ministry so that we can reach more people with the love of Jesus Christ. If you would like to join us, just text the letters GPS and your giving amount to 28950. Or you can visit our website at tdjpartners.org. Thank you and God bless you. Find restoration, renewal, and divine direction through the foundational teachings and manifest as glory. Your faith makes up the difference between where you are and where you want to be. Faith will reach out and get the ungodly if you believe. For your gift to the ministry of any amount, you will receive Bishop Jake's revelatory three-message series, Manifest His Glory on CD, as well as this beautiful 2019 wall calendar. We're not praying for our children. We're so busy telling each other off that we stop praying for our marriages. We don't have power. So you got a bigger house, but ain't nobody happy in it. Obeying one word from God can manifest his glory. The enemy has sent a spirit of distraction against you to stop you from focusing on what God has called you to do. But I drive that spirit out of this place in the name of Jesus. If in Canada, visit us online or call to order your digital downloads today. Be rejuvenated and restored to tackle the world. What better way than a relaxing voyage to the Caribbean? The T.D. Jakes 2019 Faith and Family Cruise is the vacation you can't afford to miss. Bring your spouse for a romantic week on the Atlantic seas, friends for a long overdue trip, or the family for a getaway to reconnect. We're not having Megafest next year because we're going on a cruise. Join Serena and I November 9th through the 16th, 2019, as we set sail from Fort Lauderdale to the Bahamas. 
Jamaica, the Grand Cayman Islands, and Key West. We have an itinerary filled with fun events created with you in mind. I hope we take over the entire boat. Reserve your spot today. The 2019 T.D. Jakes Faith and Family Caribbean Cruise. See you there. Feel free to reach out to us on social media and share your story of how God is impacting your life. We look forward to seeing you next time on The Potter's Touch.